Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Once Upon a Fan podcast. I am your host, Zach Van Norman, and I'm joined by my other host, Amy Hood. Hello, Amy Darling. Hello, darling. How are you today? I'm alive, and I'm hopeful. <laughs> That's how I'm doing today. It's, uh, it's finals at school, and I'm finally getting a break for three weeks, and I desperately need one. So I'm very excited about that. How are you? How is life treating you? Uh, it's been a crazy month. Like, to be honest, I'm so glad that this is the month that we're doing the 30 Days of Hope because this has been an up-and-down kind of rough month for me and for some of my friends, too, that are going through some stuff. So I'm I'm really appreciating the fact that I can hop onto Twitter and see so many, you know, so many of these great pictures and things that inspire people because I've, I've definitely needed it a few days this month. Me, too, I'll admit. Um, I'm really glad. I kind of agree with those sentiments. I'm really glad that we're doing that uh, right now, too, because <laughs> – been a very it's been a very interesting couple of weeks in my life as well with school and a bunch of other things going on. So yeah, and speaking of 30 Days of Hope, of course, I uh, just want to thank everybody who's been involved with that so far. We've seen a huge response on Twitter, and Marie over at the Ugly Ducklings is assembling a huge photo album of everything that we're getting, and she'll be posting that as soon as the month is over. But we're seeing some great participation. Um, I'm getting tagged in a ton of tweets. I know, Amy, you are too, because um, we're yeah. pretty much getting tagged in both of them, and so is the podcast. So um, very excited and really grateful to everybody, like I said, for getting involved and being a part of that. Um, Amy, what's been the kind of response that you've seen on this so far? I have been so excited to see it, because like I mentioned, this has been, I mean, it's been a really exciting month, because, you know, we had the con earlier, and we've got more cons coming up, so there's a lot going on, and and things, but on you know the personal side, a lot of you are, know that my grandfather, who uh, raised me, is in the hospital. So you know there's been a lot of personal things going on, and I I am getting tagged along with you in a lot of these 30 days of so sleep, and they are really even. I mean, just if it's a picture of a flower or someone talking about their music or their art or things that you know in their family mm-hmm. that mean things to them, it's really really helped me and and I've been surprised in the way that it has because I mean anybody who's had a family member who's ill you know how that adds stress and I know a lot of people have some other things that I've been worried about some friends this month who are going through some things that I think the 30 days of hope could not have come at a better time because this is it's been a crazy month full of ups and downs and I've seen a ton of tweets and so so much positive stuff. Honestly, I haven't even noticed anything negative in the past few weeks since this has started, which is great because I love that in my timeline that it's all this positive things coming out of it and not not seeing any of this negative coming. Yeah, I'm really glad to see a lot of the positivity coming through too. And, you know, as far as that goes on, a, on another note, I do want to give a huge thank you and shout out to my hero, Jennifer Morrison, who actually tweeted about this whole thing. Um, I really appreciate her support on this very much. Uh, obviously, the Ugly Ducklings and Hope are something that her character, Emma Swan, is you know heavily involved in. That's what everything is basically based on around for her. So mm-hmm. uh, really, really grateful and kind of blown away that she um, lent her support to this and tweeted out about that. So thank you to Jennifer Morrison for supporting the 30 Days of Hope project. Though. We really appreciate it. 
I love that she did that. That was really great of her to want to get behind it and help support it. And and I think that it was it really gave it a push for her to put that out there. And speaking of her, have you seen the, some of the pictures coming out from her visit to Monte Carlo where she's been over there? For oh, that, yes. Uh, oh, oh, yes. I have been following that because the girl can work a fashion runway like nobody's business. I'm sorry, but... Um, she, she, we actually, it's been noted that she looks like Grace Kelly, actually. So she I does. totally agree. She so looks like Grace Kelly. There's these two in particular. I actually tweeted them out from the podcast Twitter. And one, she's wearing this amazing yellow dress. And there's another one where it's a more, um, I don't know if it's a silvery muted color where her hair is up. Two totally different looks. But she looks, I mean, not just Grace Kelly, like literally Grace, like mm-hmm. she looks so graceful, so elegant, yeah. so gorgeous. She looks like a princess. She's amazing, and and I've seen her talking on Twitter about um, meeting the fans, and she's always so. I mean, she's she's really talking about how grateful she is that everyone loves the show so much. So it's really nice to see that too. To see you know how much people everywhere, all over the world, love. Her, you know, not just her, but the show and the character that she's created there. Right, yeah, she totally looks like Grace Kelly, too, and it's appropriate because the prince that she was meeting is obviously, you know, she's in Monte Carlo, and so he was married to Grace Kelly's, or, or his, he is related to Grace Kelly somehow, right? Like, yeah, so, because yeah. I yeah. totally know royal history of another country. Sorry, everybody, <laughs> for messing that up. I don't really know the connection there, but I don't think I'm supposed to. I don't, I'm an expert in Once Upon a Time, not... European family connections with the world. <laughs> okay, so, um, but yeah, Jenna's looking fantastic in Monte Carlo, loving all of her outfits there. Um, I saw another picture of her online, and I don't know if it's new or old, but she's wearing this, like, black outfit, and it's, like, sheer, like, on the leg part, so you can see, like, her legs through it, but it's still, like, this really awesome kind of sheer cape thing going on. I don't know. I saw it on Twitter. I think it was from Marie, the ugly duck. It actually might have been on a Facebook page even, but... Yeah, I saw those pictures, and I was just like, whoa, like, go ahead. Go ahead, Jen. Like, go ahead and work those clothes out. Yeah, absolutely, yes. It's true. I'll have to look for that one. I don't think I saw that picture. But, yeah, I've seen some amazing things coming out from her visit to Monte Carlo. So it's, it looks like it's not even a successful visit. Let's see. Um, oh, gosh, there's so much going on this week. I know we have uh, yeah, there, this weekend. There's, well, actually, yeah, there is something going on in just this weekend. Yeah, actually, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't, exactly this one doesn't involve Jen, but there is another convention this weekend. And uh, our editor, Gareth, and one of the staff writers, Woodrow, uh, are traveling to Paris, which, I mean, how jealous. And, Zach, you have the list of the cast that they're going to be meeting there. I do, um, there, and it's kind of a it's a more extended list than what we've been doing in the past because we got it updated. So we've got Lana Perea, who of course plays the evil queen, loving Miss Lana. Um, we've got Emily De Robin, who plays Belle, and then we've got Robbie Kay, who played uh, Robin Hood or Robin Hood Chief, who played Peter Pan. Um, hoping <laughs> to see more of him. Actually, I would love to see more of him, like maybe in a flashback or something. Don't know if we ever could, but would love to. Um, we've also got Sean McGuire, who plays Robin Hood. Sorry, I jumped to the next name on the list and went immediately to his character name, because that's totally how it for brain works. Um, then we've also got Jared Gilmore, who plays Henry, and then Rebecca Motter, who is playing um, 
the Wicked Witch, Selena. So they're all going to be there in Paris together, and very excited to see all of them and um, see what's going to go on and, you know, see what kind of pictures are coming through from Paris because, you know, it's Paris. So, you know, oh. there it is. Um, and I know so, yeah, Gareth that's this weekend. That... It's June 21st and 22nd, yeah. Yes. And Gareth said he's going to live tweet any of the panels that he goes to. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but I'm a little worried I'm going to miss it because I'm actually going out of town for almost a week. This, I leave Thursday, and my uh, family reunion is this weekend, and it's literally in the middle of nowhere, like, whoa, look at all these trees. Is that a bear? Hey, don't step in that cow pile over there, middle of nowhere. So there's not a whole lot of Wi-Fi happening for me this weekend, so I'm I'm really sad I'm going to miss Gareth and Woodrow's coverage, and I'm going to try and, you know, find a tall hill or something where I can maybe pick up a tiny bit of Wi-Fi and, and hopefully keep up with everything. Yeah, definitely. I wish you luck out there um, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. Um, please, if you do see a bear, um, grab Patrick and the kids and run quickly. Um yes. Or off, or or just in case, you could pack a picnic basket and I leave it there it. for him, and Maybe. see if he goes on it, you know, like Yogi style. Like, just make sure that it's got some really strong smelling meat in it, okay? Like, just you know, I worry about you, pumpkin. Be safe out there. Okay. I will. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. So, in addition to the fairy tales convention going on this weekend, next month, of course, is San Diego Comic Con. It's uh, getting down to the wire as far as that goes. Um, just a little over 30 days away, or it's like 30 some odd days away now. Um, I will be attending that for Once Upon a Fan, covering the press line and hoping to bring you guys all the latest news and talking to them about Season 3 and their characters and where they want it to go in Season 4 and the fact that Frozen is going and Olaf and please let Olaf be on the show and, yeah, all that kind of good stuff. Um, so, yeah, we'll be doing that. And so just keep an eye out for that because we'll have a lot of coverage coming on that weekend. It's July 24th through the 27th. Uh, that's the weekend of Comic-Con, so that's when you'll be seeing all the stuff coming up there. Speaking of Olaf and Frozen, um, Adam Horowitz tweeted out a picture earlier this week of the fact that they are casting for Anna. So uh, not only is Elsa on the show, but Anna is also coming to Once Upon a Time. So we kind of figured that would be happening, but it's also nice to have official confirmation that you know there's going to be a different character coming to the show. So there's that. Yeah. I think Frozen is actually going to lend itself really well. I had concerns at first because I almost thought, whoa, that's, that's really soon for Frozen, and are they just trying to, you know, grab something that's super popular? And then I read that interview with Adam and Eddie where they talked about how much that movie had really touched them personally and how much it meant to them. So I felt better about it after that. But the whole thing was, you know, trying to overcome what people think you are and, you know, show who you really are as far as, like, Elsa and Anna and their relationship. I think that that kind of lends itself to once really well. So now I'm really, really excited for that, to see that, how they're going to play that in. Me too. I'm really excited for that too. Um, I, I also agree that it does lend itself well, and I think that, you know, Elsa and her powers and, you know, kind of un- – Magic. I think that Elsa and Emma may be having uh, some interactions going on. Actually, um, I think that their you know their character arcs would lend itself well to uh, 
you know, to what's going on. So I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think that Frozen is, has a lot of themes that go well with Once Upon a Time, and I do think that it's going to be something that's well-suited. Uh, very excited for it. I do, I, I have to say this, though. I'm, I'm really curious at the casting. Um, I'm wondering if, you know, that's going to be something that they save for Comic-Con, make it like a big announcement, or if it's going to be something that they announce beforehand and then we just kind of all get to talk about it at Comic-Con. Um, because mm. last year they pulled a surprise on everybody and announced at Comic-Con that Naveen Andrews was going to be coming on as Jafar to Once Upon a Time at Wonderland. Because uh, that wasn't something that I was, you know, frankly expecting. and I didn't know that was going to happen, so that was a surprise to me. And uh, I know a lot of other people. So, yeah, I'm wondering if it's going to be, you know, an official surprise thing and if they'll actually bring that person out on stage at the panel. I'm curious about that because depending on timing, I may not be able to be in the panel. I may be somewhere else. So it all depends on the mm-hmm. scheduling and what's going on there. So we'll find out on that. Um, so let's I'm, see. Um, I'm also, looking forward to Comic-Con. That's where they, we usually get the really good scoop is out of Comic-Con. So I've got a, I've got a feeling that they're going to hold something back that's going to be either announced or shown or something big is going to be told at Comic-Con. That's what I'm, I'm thinking is going to happen. Well, here's something interesting to note about that, too, okay? And I'm, I'm just, you know, hashtag just saying here, all right? Okay, cool. So Jennifer Morrison actually, um, she put it on Facebook and she put it on Twitter that she would be returning to the set of Once Upon a Time as of, you know, the week of July 9th. So mm-hmm. what that tells me is that since, you know, Comic-Con is like two weeks after that, they basically have enough time to show something from the premiere, that may have to be oh. I'm just saying. It's a possibility. Um, Can you imagine if you get to watch the first episode at Comic-Con? If you get to watch the first episode well, of season four? Here's the thing about oh. that, okay? Here's the thing. Um, when <laughs> the, pre- the press room is not located in the same building as the convention center. It's actually somewhere else. And there is and I don't have, like, a golf cart or anything, and I don't have a car when I'm down. Like, there's not, there's just nowhere to park, and so, like, it's really complicated to be when you're down there. You're basically okay. hoofing it, like, you're on foot. So the, the panel, last year, I couldn't attend the panel because I was in, like, I had to be in the press room at the same time that was going on because, basically, once they were done with the panel, they brought them over to us, and then they talked to us. Right. Um, yeah. So there's not enough time. So if the scheduling works out the same way like that again this year, then I will miss the panel because I'll be in the room waiting to talk to them when they're done with it. So um, whatever happens, and that's actually, it's funny because that's what happened last year. Like the cell phone service was horrible in the room that I was in that we were doing the press in, and I wasn't getting any of my updates from anything. I was trying to talk to Gareth, our editor, on, uh, you know, through Facebook Messenger, and it wasn't working because I had no service. Um, Right. And I was absolutely, like, and all of a sudden there came a moment, like, after, you know, the cast of Once Upon a Time had come through and we were waiting for the guys from Wonderland to come in, all of a sudden there was, like, this bright spot of hope that happened in the room, and I got Wi-Fi service, and I'm looking at all this stuff and seeing all these messages and, you know, seeing all the news and, you know, realizing stuff that I didn't ask them about, and then... And then I see the news that Naveen Andrews is going to be Jafar, and I'm like, okay, so now I have to think of something to ask somebody that I didn't even know who was going to be here. Like, oh, no. 
This is so honestly, like, I mean, I, I mean, it's kind of weird to actually like admit this, but if you go watch my Naveen Andrews interview, that was done completely on the fly because I had no idea the man was going to be there. So, I mean, I don't know if I did a good job on that one or not, to be honest. Um, the whole thing is still such a blur that I really don't remember half of the conversations that I had that day. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was just really excited. So yeah, you know, but anyways, um, so I'm wondering if something big is going to happen this year at Comic-Con, and I'm hoping that this year I will not have the same cell phone reception problems that I had before. Um, mm. Otherwise, I will be very, very mad at my at my self-service representative, um, who assures me that that will not be the case. So, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see. Um, so yeah, excited about that. Um, let me see what else. We have a lot of news this week, everybody. So, yeah, we're still making our way through it here. Um, we also have some news, too, like officially, you know, we just want to, I think we may have mentioned it before, but I don't quite remember, but um, Josh Dallas and Jenny Goodwin named their baby Oliver Finley Dallas, which is adorable. Um, yeah. Oliver Dallas. That's just fantastic. All, his name is Oliver. It's so cute. Like It is cute. It is so cute. <laughs> I love it. Like I, Prince I, Oliver. Oliver. Like, it does, you know. It's like. So cute little old man name. Like, I, I love it. It's just one of those names from, like, another generation, but it's just adorable, and I love it. It's, it's oh, my God. As soon as I heard it, I, I thought it was fabulous. I haven't seen any pictures, but I you, you guys know we don't go looking for paparazzi stuff, so there might be some out there, but I know I haven't seen pictures yet, and Josh and Jenny have not officially released any pictures for the fans yet, which is which is fine. I know they probably want their family time right now, but love, love, love the name. So cute. And congratulations to them again on the new baby and wishing everybody happiness and health and all that good stuff there. So And hope, of course, because you got to have that. So there's that, too. Um, let me see. Too. Okay, cool. So, yeah, speaking of Josh and, De- Josh and Jenny, um, we've got some Teen Choice Award nominations that are open for voting. Mm-hmm. And they happen to be involved on that, as is the show. And, Amy, I think that you have something about that for us, yes? Yeah, I actually just saw it today. The Teen Choice Awards, I believe, are done. They, I know they were originally run by Nickelodeon, and I think that's who still does them. But it's teenchoiceawards.com, and they have, like, your first page of nominations is movies and actors and scenes and all this. And then when you get through to, like, the second or third page, you start getting into the television award. And Once Upon a Time is one of the four or five shows nominated for Best Sci-Fi Fantasy Show. Uh, Jenny Goodwin is nominated for Best Sci-Fi Fantasy Actress. And Josh Dallas is nominated for Best Sci-Fi Fantasy Actor. So they got a whole family thing going on there, both. Both uh, Jenny and Josh were nominated. They're the only actors from the show nominated for the Teen Choice Awards. But, um, again, it's teenchoiceawards.com. You can log in, and I think that you can vote once a day. I went in today, and it let me vote. So I'm going to go back tomorrow and see if it lets me vote again. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Then I'm glad that they, are, that they were nominated. Congratulations to everybody who was nominated. And also... Um, there were some tea, yeah, or, yeah, anyways, um, yeah, congratulations to all the people who were nominated. Um, for them being the only actors, though, I don't know how that could be. I just, frankly, I think that the Teen Choice Awards can't handle all the awesomeness that is uh, Jennifer Morrison, Robert Carlyle, or uh, Lana Perea, to be honest. Uh, that could just, be they it. just can't handle all that. Yeah, so that's just pretty much what I think. 
Um, yeah, so then also speaking of snow, we have this week, very happy to announce that we have Snow White's summer survival list, of course. Very excited to bring that to everybody this week. So I have that here. Amy, you have it too, yes? Yeah? So we can take turns going off on this? It. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, excellent. So you guys All right, so I will go first then. The first. Okay, I'm kidding. So we're going to trade off for two of them, right? Okay, yeah. We're yep. trading off for two, and I'm going. For, okay, I'm going to start. Okay. So the first thing, of course, that you want to do is make somebody some hot chocolate with cinnamon. Now, realizing that it's spring and again into summertime now, you know, it can be iced chocolate if you want. Mm. Like, it doesn't have to be hot chocolate. Like, you could make some, you know, just make whatever you want, really. But just do something with chocolate and cinnamon and let us know. You can make, like, a chocolate cake with cinnamon on it. Or cinnamon. Like, with some kind of cinnamon stick, perhaps. Um, perhaps the cinnamon pirouette from Pepperidge Farm. Uh, you know, something <laughs> like that. that. <laughs> just, you know, get, get creative with it. You know, it'll be fun. And because then, ooh, because then, ooh, think, right? Okay, think. Okay, cool. So then you could make you know, the cake in the shape of something. Like you could make it, you know, you could put once upon a time on it. It's like a logo. Give us your ideas, people. We want to see what you're doing. All right. And then so number two, you should go read a story to a hospital patient. And I actually think that that one's a really good one, and I think that people should go do that. Um, I think you know, so just go too. visit somebody. Go visit somebody in the hospital. See if somebody can take a visit and you just want to read them a story and see if you can make it happen. Like, I think it's an awesome thing. So, yeah. I think so, too. Yeah, number three is reunite with a loved one. I love this one, and I'm so glad that that came this week because, like I mentioned, I'm going to my family reunion this weekend, and I only get to see my family in Mississippi once a year. Um, So I have not seen most of my family who I just absolutely love to death and haven't seen them in a year. So that will probably be my picture for this for the list for this week. So reunite with a loved one. Number four, cook dinner for your seven closest friends. And they don't have to be dwarfs. If you don't have seven dwarf friends, hey, grab some neighbors, grab some friends from work, grab some, you know, anybody you can. Just cook a big meal. And bring some fairies, you know, whatever. (laughs) Bring some fairies, whoever you want. You have number five, darling. Oh, my God, you know what would be so funny is that people send us pictures of them sitting down with people in cosplay as, like, Tinkerbell and stuff. Oh, my God, oh, I would love it. That would be I hilarious. Oh, my gosh, that would be so funny. Oh, my God. Okay, so, yeah, number five is to wear some sensible shirts and cardigans and make sure that you don't forget the top button. It goes for men and women. And, it, and men, if you're going to have the top button button, then you really need to wear a tie. Okay, I'm just saying. Fashion. Um, <laughs> Seriously. Number six, do something very weird in front of your friends and then blame it on being cursed. Go about your business as normal thereafter. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. We were cursed. Like, we you couldn't will. actually say, like, and honestly, yeah, like, well, yeah, just go talk to, to Dr. Whale. That's all. Um, <laughs> you know, because you can't blame everything on being cursed now. I mean, tequila is not necessarily a curse. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Number six started off differently in this list, but then, you know, we, we had to, we had to change it, out it some way <laughs> to make it, you know, multi-person okay. friendly. So, right, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> nice terminology there. <laughs> there you go. 
Number seven is bite an apple, but of the non-poison variety, unless you'd, you know, like to accomplish number eight, which is to take a long nap, a really, really long nap. Because if you would do number seven and eat the poison apple, I suppose you could. Hmm. I'm up for a nap any time, but, <laughs> yeah, only, only if you really want to. Dude, when finals is over, I'm going to nap so hard, you have no idea. Like, you're going to bite that apple and... No, like, it's not going to be a bite. It's just going to be a nibble. Like, it's not going to be the full-on sleeping curse. It's just going to be something to knock me out for a few hours. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little nibble. All right, so number nine is to give out rainbow kisses and unicorn stickers. Um, Which, of course, we actually have experience with because we passed out unicorn stickers when we were at Enchanticon in November. Um, to yeah, anybody who found us walking around in the park saying we passed out unicorn stickers. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. God, that seems forever ago, doesn't it? Like, rainbow kisses it and does. unicorn stickers and filet the bitch were like so many months ago. It Crazy. was. It seems so yeah. many months ago. <laughs> Seriously. And then the last yeah. one, of course, because it's Snow White, and, of course, it goes along with the theme of the show, believe in the possibility of a happy ending because, of course, it's a very powerful thing. Yes. Definitely. I think people need to remember that, too. That's something yep. that sometimes it's hard to keep in mind. Definitely. Especially yeah. when people are going through a lot of struggles, it's hard to, you know, believe that your happy ending is still possible. But it totally is. You really, Sometimes your faith and belief in, can really be tested hardcore. But you just got to believe. And, you know, just believe. It would get, at least it would give you some hope if you do it, and it'll feel better than not. So there you go. All right. And so let me see. So we're done with the list. We still have more news items to go. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe it. <laughs> All right. So um, our next rewatch, just to let everybody know, is going to be True North, because that's what we're doing next week. Uh, so we're going to be watching the – actually, wait. Hold on. We are not going to be doing that next week. Um, guys, because of the fact that Amy has her family reunion and because of the fact that I really need a break after finals, to be honest, because um, two jobs, full-time school, lots of other stuff, uh, the podcast among them, um, I just need a break. So I'm going to be taking a break and starting to prepare for San Diego Comic-Con and getting some questions together because I have to go back and rewatch pretty much all of season three so that I can ask everybody about their characters and stuff like that. So... I'm going to be taking a break next week, so we will be back on July 1st with a new podcast. Um, Sorry for last week's technical complications that did not allow us to have a podcast. Um, That was really not our intention. We just couldn't figure out, uh, well, number one, my schedule kind of got in the way, and number two, uh, we could not figure out how to get the stupid thing to work. So that's why it didn't happen, and our, our most humble apologies. Please forgive us for that. And we'll see you guys on July 1st, like I said, because next week, um, June 24th, we're just going to be taking a break because, yeah, there it is. So two weeks from tonight, we will be watching True North. We'll be talking about True North, I should say. Yes, we will be talking about True North two weeks from tonight. Yes, 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 yes. And then we also want to let everybody know that the DVD release has been announced for Season 3, and it will be coming out on August 19th. Yep. I watch it. You can actually pre-order it now. Um, I'm, like, broke as an artichoke, so I'm waiting a little bit longer. After uh, after SpookyCon, my base count is depleted severely. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm definitely going to pre-order it. 
but uh, I think pretty much everywhere you can pre-order it. I've seen it at Walmart.com. I've seen it on Amazon. Um, I haven't uh, checked on Target, but they might have it there too. Yeah, you can pre-order that on most of the online shopping vendors that you can find that you would normally go to. So take a look at that. They've got the Blu-ray and the DVD available, so you can get either one that you want. Um, just a quick note on that for myself. I'm just going to express my own opinion here. I'm not really digging the cover at all. Um, I really mm. think that they could have done a little bit better job of coming up with something that hasn't already been done before because I have seen that same image since season one. And frankly, we just went to Neverland and Oz and there's a whole bunch of stuff that they could have done that would have been so much better than just Regina looking over an apple again. Like, right. I hope that the inside cover has something different, but I still wish that the outside cover has something different because, you know, I mean, I just, I do yeah. too because, I mean, and I love Regina, obviously, and I think the picture itself is gorgeous. I just wish that for the DVD release we would have gotten some new art or, or at least, you know, a combination of characters or something that reflected that this was season three because to anybody else looking at the cover, unless you know that's the art they put on season three, it realistically could have been any one of the seasons. I would have loved to see yep. something. And those of you who are good with Photoshop or art, here, here you go. Make this for me, please. I would love to see like a split picture where half of it, maybe Skull Rock is on the left and the other half is the, you know, Emerald City Castle. I got it. I got it all designed. I got it. I got you. Yep, I got it for you. Don't go. worry. <laughs> good I know how to use Photoshop. I I just finished my Photoshop. I'm good. So we can. I got. I got you, babe. Don't worry. I got you. <laughs> I have a pretty good. I've got a pretty damn good idea for what I think it could be. So yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right, and let me see here. Let me see here. Also, too, there's another thing going on too. The Once Upon a Fan Awards are still going on. Um, if you go to onceuponafans.com, it is one of our main news, type, you know, news items at the top. Uh, we've got um, awards going on for the show and fans. We've got Best Actor and Actress, as well as you know, so the supporting roles of the same. We've got Best Guest Actor and Guest Actress. Um, we've okay. got Best Season 3 Episode, Best Moment of Season 3, The Funniest Moment of Season 3, and The Best Visual Effect of Season 3. Um, so, yeah, you can go choose all those. And then at the bottom of that page there is where you can go to click in the Fan Awards. We've got nominations going on for the best cosplay. And there's a lot of amazing cosplayers in there, too, like people who actually did a really good job of looking like their characters. Um, we've got best fan fiction and fan video, um, which I have to say, those are those the fan Hard videos. Yeah, um, I've got a couple of favorites. I'm not going to say which ones they are, but I do have a couple of favorites um, which are still in the running. Um, uh -huh. I actually, my, there two of them actually, and funny enough, one of them is a Swan Queen video. Um, oh. I just think that it's, I just think for, and I don't, I am not a shipper of Swan Queen, you guys know that, but I do think that that video is particularly well done and I can appreciate a job well done because honestly, it's a good job. So I do appreciate it. Is it is gorgeous. So. Yeah, it's even a beautiful if, even video. If, even if I don't agree with the couple, I still agree that that's a good piece of art. So, you know, I I do think that it's it's pretty good. They're all really good, but I am impressed by that one just by itself. 
Uh, then we've also got Best Fan Art, of which there are um, a couple of really good contenders in that one as well, um, by a couple of artists that we've seen before, like our friend Deej and a couple of other people. Um, I've got my own favorites there too, but I'm going to remain impartial on that one. Um, so there we go. Uh, let's see, we've got some other stuff going on too. Let me see. Let me just make sure. So yeah, this um, this Sunday, the Once Upon a Fan Awards, it's the final nominations, which is when we were, we're doing another round and kicking it down to basically the top two of each category and then you know, moving on from there. Um, the final awards, the winners will be announced on June 29th, and then we'll also have a couple of extra awards that we're um, keeping private, secret for right now, but they'll be coming out later on this, um, later on this month, too, on the 29th. So that's going to be a Sunday as well. And then we've got some events going on in July, but we'll get to those later on because July is not here yet. We're still in June. So there it is. All right, so... Um, <laughs> That's pretty much it for all of the news. We had half an hour of news. And just to let everybody know, this week uh, we do have a shortened podcast. We're only doing an hour tonight, so we've only got half an hour left of the show. So we're going to kind of move through a little bit quickly. So, um, Amy, do you have any further comments on any of the news items before we get into this? I don't think so. I think that wraps up the news. I knew we had a lot of it, but, boy, I didn't know we had 33 minutes. (laughs) That was a lot of news this week. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. We kind of had to make up for you know last week too, not being in here. So yeah, making sure everybody it's not like everybody has another stuff. But sometimes you know there's stuff that you want to know. So yeah. All right. So we were watching Desperate Souls this week, and it is one of the better episodes of season one. I have to say, there's a um, there's a lot going on. I actually forgot that this is the episode where Emma goes for being sheriff, and there's the whole debate thing and everything. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. That kind of, that, that surprised me. I forgot that that was this episode. It's been so long since I've watched season one now. I want to go back and rewatch the whole series again. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there it is. <laughs> so, so we start the show out with Rumpel spinning, and he's back in, you know, it's back in the Enchanted Forest, so it's in the flashback. And the boy who we know is his son comes running in and is telling him that they've come from a rain. You know, and so Rumpel goes outside and he sees that, you know, it's Hordor. And Hordor has, Hordor, Hordor, Hordor. He has come for um, Meringue, who is Balefire's friend. And, you know, he's basically taking her to go be a soldier in the Overwars. And there's a red sky and, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. And the scene is really kind of intense because Meringue's parents, the actress who played her mother, did a really good job of, of conveying the heartbreak and anguish, really. I just, she, she was a woman consumed by grief is what I thought. Like, that that was a really great... I mean, it's a small thing, but that really stuck out to me, actually, when I was watching it. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was... That whole scene was really good. I had forgotten how much I liked this episode. I remember, too, when it first came out, dying to get to this one, because this came, like, I don't know, it was, like, seven or eight in the series, and everybody was wanting to know so badly about Rumpel's past, and this was such a yeah. great episode. Yeah, and it did a lot. And honestly, this this episode actually it made me it made me so sad to think about Neil being dead now. Um, yeah, it really did because this is the yeah. first time that we saw him. And I really i I will stick to my guns on this. I really feel that Neil had a lot more story potential than what he got. Uh, I feel that there was a whole relationship between him and Henry, and him and Rumpel, and him and Emma, and him and Hook that didn't really get explored. I always wondered about what the implications would be of Regina meeting Neil and what their relationship would be like since she is Henry's mm-hmm. adoptive mother and and she's also Rumpel's student and everything. Like, there were so many 
just that relationship. Like, God, I wish we could have gotten that, but it's okay. Um, whatever will be, will be. You just gotta, gotta let it go, I guess. <laughs> so, um, let it go. All right. So then, um, back in Storybrooke, um, Emma arrives in the pawn shop and she's looking for Mr. Gold. And he, of course, is in the back room. And Emma arrives in the back room and, you know, she basically smells his waterproofing of the sheepskin and it smells like livestock, as she says. And he mentions that she's, you know, she's still wearing the sheriff's badge and that she needs to upgrade, or she's still wearing the deputy's badge and she needs to upgrade to the sheriff. She says that she's not ready, and on her way out, he mentions that he has Graham's belongings because at this point, Graham has died because we still haven't watched The Heart is a Lonely Hunter, so we haven't seen that episode yet, um, which we should watch that one if we have some extra time. We should watch that one more time. And so he yeah. gives um, Graham's walkie-talkie, saying that he can use them with Henry, and he mentions how she should enjoy them because, you know, that's the thing with children. Eventually, you lose them which I think is pretty notable to say to Emma, considering that she gave up Henry, like she kind of already lost him once. So yeah, I think that kind yeah. of, I think that was part of his plan to, you know, kind of, you know, that ploy there. So then, you know, Emma goes to Henry's castle and he tells her that they have to end Operation Cobra to keep her safe from Regina because Regina killed Graham. Um, and it's really kind of sad to see Henry give up hope because you should never give up hope. And, you know, Henry is always, you know, he's the truest believer. And so, that, you know, knowing that now, watching it then, you know, I just got I just got to say, too, I wish that they would do more with Henry because, honestly, I really think that Jared Gilmore could pull it off. I just feel like they need to do something better with him than all of a sudden making Henry think that it's okay to give his heart to Peter Pan. Like, God, I just, I, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it makes me, God, I really miss the old Henry. I miss season one. I miss season one storybook. It was fun. Um, so, yeah, um, they need to end Operation Cobra and keep Emma safe. So then at the sheriff's station, Emma starts to put on the sheriff's badge, but she gets interrupted by Regina, who says that she is appointing a new sheriff, as is her right, because it's still within the time limit. And she's going to appoint Sidney Glass, who is the editor of the Storybook Mirror, because that totally makes sense. And then Emma, you know, mouths off to Regina, and she fires Emma from the deputy position, basically. Okay, honestly, who's going to vote for a newspaper editor to be sheriff? I don't care if the man has been reporting this stuff before. Like, are you serious, Regina? Come on, girl. Girl, you ain't. Come on. Come on. So then later on at Mary Margaret's apartment, Emma is trying to fix the toaster that she broke when, um, you know, Mary Margaret arrives, and they talk about... She has a huge knife uh, in her hand. She's, like, yelling at it with that gigantic, like, dagger knife. Well, she'd been drinking by that point, so she wasn't making very informed decisions. Yeah, there you go. So, you know. Exactly. Don't drink and toast. So, uh, well, because what you're supposed to do is toast and then drink. So, you know, Emma just did it in reverse. (laughs) So, so Mary Margaret arrives, and they talk, and then, you know, there's a knock at the door, and it's Mr. Gold. And, you know, he starts to persuade Emma into running for sheriff, and obviously she's been drinking, so she falls for it. Um, So that's, you know, that's pretty much it. And, uh, Amy, did you say that? Did you say don't drink a toast in the chat room before, like, at the same time? Because I'm not even looking at that right now. (laughs) That is insane. Okay, I just just checked in there to look at it, and I'm like, wait, I didn't, okay, that's hilarious. Uh Uh-huh, great mind. (laughs) So then, um, 
Ron, you know, Mr. Gold is looking in the town charter saying that Regina isn't, you know, as powerful as she seems. And Emma has been drinking, so of course she thinks it's a good idea. And I just want to point out that Gold has kind of a red tie on. You know, like, he's got on a red all tie. The power. Anybody else noticing this? And, and notice that Emma's jacket isn't on because she's been disarmed, basically, because she's drinking. She doesn't have her armor on. Her shields are down. Get it? Her coat's like her armor. Get it? Okay. So then back to the past, Rumpel wakes Bay up in the middle of the night, and they leave because they're trying to escape Hordor so that Bay doesn't have to go to war. But, of course, Hordor arrives. Hordor, Hordor, Hordor. And he recognizes Rumpelstiltskin. And Rumpel's name is revealed by his son, and Hordor mentions that Hordor, Hordor, Hordor. He mentions that his wife, that Rumpel's <laughs> wife, left him, and and that you know, yeah, he mentions that his wife left him and all that stuff. And Hordor makes Hordor, Hordor, Hordor. He makes Rumpel kiss his boot in front of Balefire, and then he kicks him in the face, and then an old man shows up and helps Rumpel up, and they basically, you know, they scram, they get out of there. Okay. Brad Dorf, he's fabulous. Brad, yeah. Oh my God, I love that man. I have lo- honestly, I have loved that man since Child's Play. Like, Tucky, I know that's yeah, Child's Play. Like <laughs> really turning on the Wayback Machine, but I'm talking the first one where he was still alive, where mm-hmm. like Chucky, the man, was still alive because he was in that movie. He was in. I don't remember if he was in Fatal Beauty or not, but I think so with Whoopi Goldberg and Sam Elliott. Um, he was in Alien Resurrection, which, eh. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in, you know, he was Grima Wormtongue in The Lord of the Rings, and then he was the he Dark was One. Like, the man, a pretty good, yeah. like, among, among many other I remember after I saw this episode the first time thinking, well, I should have known <laughs> that he was up to no good because he was chunky, for God's sake, you know. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, they get out of there. Meanwhile, back in Storybrooke in Regina's office, she's making the announcement to the reporters that Sidney Glass is going to be the new sheriff. And again, really? Okay. And then Emma arrives, and she says that the mayor can appoint a candidate, not a sheriff. And that's according to the town charter, of course. So Regina says that they'll find out the will of the people, and Emma agrees, and it's a very dramatic moment. Dun-dun-dun, like, cue the line on the noise. Dun-dun. Okay, cool. So back in the Enchanted Forest, Rumpelstiltskin and the old man are talking over food. They're in a cabin and stuff. They're, you know, seeking sanctuary. And the man tells Rumpelstiltskin to choose a different path. And Rumpel says that he's the town coward and he's lame and friendless with only his son as solace and he's going to be taken away from him and he's going to turn into dust. And the man tells him that he just needs power and he explains about the Dark One's dagger and that Rumpel should, you know, go take it and take control of him. And Rumpel disagrees. So the man says that he should take the Dark One's power for himself because that's always the way. Yes, yes. Let's <laughs> take it. So this man who's been kind of a coward suddenly becomes brave enough to... Uh... When it comes to his son, I mean, it just shows he'll do anything for his son yep. because in his mind, you know, he's the town coward. He's afraid he can't do this. But when he hears this is what you can do to save your son, like, he's on it. I love Rumpel. Totally. <laughs> yeah, loving him. So then back at Storybrooke, Regina arrives in Gold's shop to discuss the whole, you know, election thing. And I just want to point out again that Rumpelstiltskin is wearing a red tie as well as one of those things in his pockets that I don't know the name of, but it's red. 
And Regina is wearing Regina is wearing Polish, the color of magic. So, and also the color that the evil queen happens to wear, like you know, in the animated Snow White. So, consider that for a moment, would you? So then they <laughs> talk about the sheriff's election, and he says, you know, never underestimate someone who was acting for their child, which is of course a hint at the reason for the curse and its existence, and why Storybrook is even there. Should have known then. And then later on, Emma arrives at the diner and she finds Henry reading Sydney's story about Emma's past in prison, including the fact that Henry was born in jail. And she is, of course, horrified. She's totally horrified by that and wants to know if Henry is scarred for life. And he says, no, not by this, which I'm really curious about, like, what Regina did to Henry that made everything so bad. Like, I feel like they were going to do something with that and it hasn't come to fruition yet. And it makes me kind of sad. Um, so, yeah. Um, however, even with that going on, Emma is still optimistic about becoming sheriff in the election, but Henry doesn't want her to do it because he wants her to be safe. Right. So then Emma heads on over to Regina's office to confront her about the news story, and she tries to get Regina to see that Henry is depressed and that their fighting isn't helping him and that he doesn't have any hope. And, of course, Regina resists her, saying that she exposed Henry to the truth about Emma and you know, what she did wasn't illegal. So what's the problem, basically? And then Regina mentions the fact that there's a debate, and they start to make their way downstairs, and Emma says that she's going to fight fire with, of course, she's going to say fire, but Regina opens the door at that moment, and it explodes in flames. Oh! You the law and order on. And so, of course, Regina is injured. She's injured because a piece of something landed her and she's hurt. The poor woman is hurt. Poor queen. So she insists that Emma has to help her out. Oh, no, no. Help me out, princess. Princess, Swan princess, help out me, the evil queen. Oh, okay. So then Rumple and Balefire are on their way, or they're, excuse me, they're in their garden, and Rumple is telling Bay about the Dark One's dagger and, you know, taking the power for himself. And I also I think it's kind of creepy that Rumple mentions that the red sky is being caused by the blood of their people. Like, really? Yeah. Maybe he doesn't quite understand physics yet. <laughs> you know, so blood and gravity and <laughs> it would run down and not up. Yeah, okay. like, it's, it's still, though. Like, oh, my gosh. It's a, it's a lot of blood. Like, yeah, Rose is saying that's a lot of blood. <laughs> um, so then Balefire asks if Rumpel, you know, really ran away and if his mother really, you know, left them. Um. You know, since he has said that, you know, Rumpel, you know, basically Rumpel had said that she was dead. Of course, he's talking about Mila. And isn't it so funny that Mila was like that? Now we know who exactly she was. Um, so then Bay asks him what they have to do to get the dagger. And Rumpel explains about the, about the castle, the Duke's castle, and how, you know, it's made out of wood and wood can burn. Okay. So then back to Storybrooke, you know, of course, Regina is in a building that's on fire and she's injured. And she's asking the amazing, beautiful Jennifer Morrison Swan Princess to save her. And um, I'm just a little bit of a fan. And so then Emma runs into the fire and she gets the fire. Sure, and she puts out the fire and, you know, she starts helping Regina out of the building. And she's saying that the next time it happens, she would do it again because that's what good people do. And damn right, that's exactly what good people would do. So go, Emma. Go ahead with yourself. Go ahead. Uh, so then Emma becomes a hero in the eyes of the people, of course, and Mary Margaret and Archie and Granny are making plans to use it in Emma's sheriff campaign and make pictures and, you know, sun and all things hot. And, um, you know, Emma sees the rope from the door and, you know, she realizes that there's something up. 
you know, kind of like the sun. It's like summer. In summer. So then Emma goes down to the pawn shop, and Mary, Mary Margaret and David are at the, you know, are at the board, and they're having their little tiff about, you know, the fact that he's supporting Sydney and she's supporting, you know, Emma and all that other good stuff. Okay, cool. Um, she goes, Emma goes to the pawn shop, and it's, isn't it so funny that when she walks in, Rumple says, I do hope you're not going to break my little bell. Uh. I was like, oh, 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 foreshadowing. I do believe that there is some BR guesting coming our way. Like, yes. All right. So then Emma confronts him about the smell of his sheep waterproofing stuff being present on the rope from the door, and, the, you know, the one that basically caught fire. And he says that if... She, he did it, and it was because he knew that Emma needed something big to win, like being a hero, and Emma says that she can't go along with it, and he says that she already has, and she refuses to continue with him, but then he keeps pushing his argument and uses Henry against her, basically, in his logic to do so, and all this other stuff. So, um, musical episodes of the podcast. Oh, my. Um, so, yeah, that's <laughs> That's what's being discussed in the chat room right now, is us doing musical versions of the podcast, okay? And clearly my, my singing is making me any better. I'm sure there are a ton of people who aren't listening anymore just because of the fact that we're singing songs from Crows <laughs> in the public. Um, so, yeah, that and Bellfire are at the castle, and, you know, they burn a pile of straw that's on the outside, which catches the wood built into the castle, which causes everything to catch on fire. And then once they're inside, they're inside the burning chamber, and Rumpel is in there, and he finds the dagger. It's like he's not very well behind the tapestry. And so, yeah, then then that's, yeah, that's pretty much it for that part. Meanwhile, Emma and Mary Margaret are at the debate, and they're talking, and they're discussing Emma's desire to be in Henry's life. And Emma says that if she's not the sheriff or the savior, then what part does she have in Henry's life? And that's really her concern. And it's a nice, lovely mother-daughter bonding moment. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, it's so good. That's cool. They look so Meanwhile, young, Rumpel, all of them. <laughs> they all look so young in season one, not just Henry. Like, even my husband was watching Desperate Souls with me. He's like, wow, they all look much younger now. They were wee, innocent babies then. I think there was something about the lighting of season one that just made it different. Like, there's something about it, like, there's just a, it's warmer tones, I don't know, that's all I can say, like, it's more washed, I feel like it's more washed out in season two and three for some reason, it doesn't feel as warm to me anymore, Um, and that may be, you know, because they're trying to portray the storybook as kind of a cold, unsafe place, it's not like the warm, you know, in fantasy land, so to speak, of the Enchanted Forest, like, you know. Right. Hmm. I really wish, you know what would be really, really cool is if at some point they did a flashback in the Enchanted Forest and, like, like, kind of like where, you know, like in, in uh, Dreamy, when Dreamy and Nova are looking over, you know, the land of the Enchanted Forest, like, they really need to have a pack of flying elephants, like, going through the air, like, flapping their ears, like Dumbo, like. Oh, that's fabulous. That's my, that's my <laughs> official request for the visual defects department. Can we please get that done? Is there anything that we can do to just add some flying elephants, some flying pachyderms, please? Just in the background of the Enchanted Forest. It'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> Okay, cool. Somehow we can work it into a Pinocchio story and have it be related to Pleasure Island and that kind of thing, okay? All right, there cool. you go. So um, back in the Enchanted Forest, Rumpelstiltskin summons the Dark One with the dagger, and 
you know, the Dark One shows up and says that it's Bellfire's birthday and questions if he really is Rumpel's child. And he basically taunts Rumpel mercilessly, like calling him a bastard child and all this other stuff. And pretty, like, it's pretty heart-wrenching, actually. So um, he asks Rumpel what he wants him to do, and Rumpel says he wants him to die, and he takes the knife and he stabs him. And, mm-hmm. you know, he becomes the Dark One. It's sad. I his name replaced Zasso's on the knife. I was like, the first time I ever watched it, I remember seeing that and just going, oh, you know, that was like. Yeah, I know it's pointed out. Thank you for bringing that up too, because it was said in the chat room, and I forgot to mention it then. Zoso is the name of a Led Zeppelin album, so. Yeah. I, you know, just saying. I think that's. I love that the That's what they did. And yeah, when it, yeah. when his name replaced on the dagger, and the dagger is like covered in blood and stuff, like pretty brutal scene. Um, so then after that, back in Starbrook, they start the debate, and, you know, Sydney makes his case about being sheriff, and then Emma gets up, and she makes her case, you know, about how, she, you know, everything was a lie, and you know, basically comes out with the truth about everything, and admits that, you know, she can't win playing dirty and everything, and she leaves the debate, and Regina's all happy, and, you know, thinking that she won, and that Sydney is going to be sheriff, and all this other crap. Okay, cool. Well, unfortunately for her, the people of Sturtebrook disagree because the next scene that we see is Emma in the diner. Henry and Red show up. Henry gives her the, the walkie-talkies from earlier. You know, they basically clue her into what's going on, and then Regina shows up with, you know, Sydney and the sheriff's badge. And, you know, they're talking about stuff, and Regina's kind of gloating a little bit. Like, she's basically making it seem like, you know... Like, she basically warns her of of her association with Rumpelstiltskin, Rumpel. you know, with Mr. Gold. Yeah. Yeah. That he makes a then, bad friend but a superlative enemy. Like, enjoy that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's a great, it's a great line. Superlative is such a great word. I love it. Yeah. Um, yes. And then back in the Enchanted Forest, you know, Balefire is looking for his dad, and Rumpel shows up, and he's officially the Dark One, and... Hordor is there, and Rumpel uses the dagger to cut them all down, basically. Like, he kills them all. And that's just pretty much it. Like, it's it for them. They're, they're done, and Rumpel is totally the dark one. And then back yeah, in Storybrook, yeah, yeah. Emma shows up to the sheriff's office to uh, basically take her, stake her claim on the Iron Throne and become the sheriff, so to speak. And uh, Mr. Gold is there, and they're talking about the fact that everybody is afraid of Regina, but they're more afraid of him, and that he owns the town, and you know, it's just he was behind the whole thing. He was behind the whole thing, and he wanted her to be sheriff, and you know, that's pretty much it for the yeah, and that I mean, yeah, God, it's such a great episode. Um, I really do miss season one. I'm excited for season four, though. I really am. Um, we've got about five minutes left of the podcast, so we actually finished a little bit early, which I'm happy about. Um, we got it all done in a half hour, too. That's pretty good. Um, so, yeah, um, make sure that everybody is reminded. I can't even talk. Everybody, make sure you remember to write down that True North is next week's show. That's the one that we're going to be talking about. That's next week's episode. Um, week after. The, oh, yeah, week the week after. after. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm, I'm giving this. <laughs> God, see, I can't, my brain just won't let, it just won't, okay, cool. So, yeah, next week we're taking a break. Yeah, and then the week (laughs) after, that's when we're going to be talking about True North, and I'm 
I feel like I need to head true north and get myself up to, you know, Storybrooke. Storybrooke. Um, yeah, like, seriously, it's only three hours away, and I really just want to go. Um, yes, go, 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 take pictures. Bring them back. We'll post them oh, all oh, over the podcast page. Wait, 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 wait. I have an idea. I have an idea. Hold on here. Ah. We need okay, to so, go. <laughs> I'm wondering so we can if I... That would be so expensive on my on my phone. I really want to do a podcast from Steveston, but I'd be playing for international minutes for an hour, and oh my god, oh. that's definitely not doable. I could do some kind of Wi-Fi. Whatever, there's some kind of American Wi-Fi thing going on up there that I could use. Like, there has to be a way. Maybe, uh, maybe, I know, what, I know what I'll do. I know what to do. I'll just, like, I'll go up there, and I'll put out a message saying, hey, I'm in Vancouver. Does anybody got some Wi-Fi I can use real quick? And yeah. then I'll just, head over, I'll just head over somewhere, and I'll use Wi-Fi, and it'll be, like, free somehow. Maybe I'll just, maybe somebody will let me use their home phone. Anybody in Steveston listen to this? You got a home phone up there? Because I could totally drive up there and we could do a podcast in Steveston. Like, the week that they're filming the episodes, I could talk to Katrina Tan. She's up there. Hmm. Yes, yes. We could get you hooked up with one of Team 7, and uh, I'm sure they'd let you use their Wi-Fi. Totally. Uh, yeah, I'll just, we could ask Meg. We could ask Meg if he wants yes. to be on the podcast again. to Philippines. We, we want to do that anyway. have Meg. Speaking of Meg, I just want to make this announcement real quick. Any of you who are interested in the industry at all, whether it's acting, getting in, how-to, any of that, Meg is actually teaching a class this Saturday, June 21st, and I believe it's 5 p.m. his time, but he's going to live tweet it. So if you have any questions, he's going to be answering them on Twitter during that hour class. So definitely take a look. He's on Facebook and on Twitter. And check it out because it should be a really, really great uh, class. I'm going to try and, and find some Wi-Fi to get in and listen and be able to tweet with him. Sorry, I'm typing in the chat room. All right, cool. See. There we go. Yeah, okay. Um, so just want to let everybody know what I've in the chat We've only got a minute and a half left. We're going to be posting an updated list um, of the podcast here shortly. We'll have it on Facebook soon. Um, we're not really going to change the viewing order. We're just going to space out the timing. Um, once we have a Season 4 premiere date, then obviously we can adjust that schedule as needed. But uh, for now, just plan that next week we're not going to have a podcast. And then the week after, we're going to be watching True North. And then the week after that, um, well, that's the week that they're going to be filming. That's the first week of that. Oh, no. In season. Um, we've got one minute left. Um, really excited about um, all the stuff we have going on this summer. Next week, actually, no, wait, you know what? We might have to do a podcast next week because the fairy tale convention will be going on this weekend and we need to talk about it. Oh. So, so um, Amy, if you can't make it, that's okay. We'll talk about that privately. We may have a different host next week, but uh, we will. Okay, everybody, so forget what I said. We're doing a podcast next week. Yay. Uh, it's going to be only an hour show. Um, <laughs> That's all we can do. Um, so, yeah, just an hour. But we will be talking Maybe about True North next week. Maybe. It's just that the time difference is ridiculous. Like, our show starts at, like, 1 a.m. his time. So I don't know if he would want to you know, talk or not. But I do want to have – I'll maybe 
Maybe if, if Woodrow's back, I can talk to her. Okay, we've got 10 seconds left, everybody. We will see you next week. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Good night. Good night.